0: a woohooer! a hand clap, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back to Jamie All Over. It's just always going to be cloudy forever and ever and ever. This normally happens every year in June. In California, we get something called June gloom where it's cloudy pretty much the entire month of June. However, we just came out of May gray, which is a new phenomenon. All of May was pretty much like this too. When is it going to end? What is happening? Is this climate change? Is that what's happening here? I would love to know need that vitamin D. We had one day recently that the sun came out and Ivy and I went to our pool. I've been going in the hot tub a lot lately, trying to get this like water retention bloating gone that I mentioned happened from taking Adderall for a little over a month. I think I gained like 10 pounds in a month. I don't know if it's all water. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm one of the Rare people that have the opposite effect from taking Adderall. Most people lose weight on it. Obviously, I didn't take it for that reason, but gaining weight is not a happy side effect. And right before the summer, nonetheless, I don't think so. I hate it. It bothers me. I'm only like five, four and a half. I say I'm five, five. So even if I gain five pounds, I see it, I feel it. My clothes fit differently. So I'm not happy with this side effect. I've since stopped the Adderall. It was just this whole feeling of my body rejecting it. So a lot of you wrote in and recommended Vivance and another one called Stratera. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But the Vivance, oh my gosh, you guys who are on that, you all seem to love it. You had previously tried Adderall. It didn't work for you. You switched to the Vyvanse and it seems to come highly recommended. And it seems like the average dosage most of you are taking is 30 milligrams a day. Obviously, everyone's different. What I have heard about the Vyvanse is that it's capsules and I can't swallow capsules. It's just this weird reflex I have. It will literally just stay in my throat. It will get stuck there. My throat will close up and it will not allow me to swallow it. I will choke. I don't know what it is. I'm sure it's mental. It's probably not physical at all, but I can't take capsules. So I think that's all that they come in. And I think it's only an extended release. I suppose I can open up the capsule, pour the medication that's inside, pour it in a drink or food But then does that defeat the extended release purpose? Am I ingesting it all at once? And is it going to work all at once? And because it's in a capsule, is that what allows it to have the extended release? As the capsule dissolves, you start getting the medication slowly into your system. I don't know. I need to discuss all of this with my doctor. But some people did say that they have the same issue and they open it up. They put it on food. I know myself and I know my symptoms of ADHD. And so if taking my daily medication is not a simple task, it's probably something I would give up on, sadly, but it's good to be self-aware. Just the idea of me opening up these capsules and probably putting it on food, I'm only imagining it tastes disgusting, which is probably going to prevent me from doing it. Maybe I could put it into a protein shake every day. We'll see. I will keep you updated. I am interested in trying a new medication though, so we'll see where this goes. My appointment is coming up, so I will fill you in on that. For everyone who did write in and give me their suggestions and saying, you know, it's a trial and error process, don't give up. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So because of this extra water weight that I think I'm carrying, I just feel like my face is so puffy and I spontaneously yesterday was looking up gua sha facials in my area the one girl who was able to get me in, I went to. And I have to say she was amazing. She just started her business. It's called Perfect Skin. It's in Garden Grove, which isn't too convenient to Irvine, but not that far. It's in a little strip mall. I don't mind places like this. In fact, it almost feels more authentic to me. And you're not paying for all of the extra you know spa services and a waterfront location and all of that I recently went to the montage with a group of my friends for an influencer event which I'll tell you about in a second but it's the complete opposite of that and I'm totally okay with that I like these like authentic places she is Vietnamese this is an ancient eastern medicine technique called gua sha and it just makes me feel like I'm with someone who actually knows how to do it for real. So, if you don't know what gua sha is, it has been around for thousands of years, but it's only becoming more popular in western culture in the last few years, I would say. And if you've ever seen like the jade rollers, that's a similar concept that you put on your face to kind of depuff and improve circulation. It's basically like a jade stone It's kind of like a flat stone and they kind of just scrape your skin with it. I think gua sha translates to scrape. And when I say scrape, it doesn't hurt. It kind of just like glides over your skin and it helps with lymphatic drainage. As I said, it helps circulation. It helps rebuild the collagen because you're getting all of that blood and everything into the area and it reduces the bloating if it's going to help you with lymphatic drainage. So I actually took a before and after photo and I just look so like glowy and my skin looks so much more fresh afterwards. I absolutely love it. This woman went above and beyond because like I said, she's a new business. She did this all. It was an hour facial. First, let me tell you what it included and then I'll tell you the price because you're not even going to believe it. I didn't believe it. I tipped her more than the cost of the service. It was a regular facial, which, you know, you get the steam, the extractions, the cleaning and and the exfoliating and all of that. In addition, she did dermaplaning, which is not always included in a facial. If you don't know what that is, it basically, that truly is scraping. It's almost, if you think of it, it's like shaving the first layer of your skin or the top layer of your skin off of your face. It gets rid of all the peach fuzz. It just gets rid of all of the dead skin cells. It feels so good afterwards. You're just like, oh my god, I didn't realize what was laying on top of my skin. She does a face, scalp, neck, and shoulders massage, which felt heavenly. And then she uses this sonic machine if she does any extractions, because I normally don't like doing the extractions. I just feel like that's not natural. Like, don't push it out of my skin. But I let her do it. And then she put this, like, sonic machine over anywhere that she did the extractions. And she says it closes up the pore. I'm like, OK, cool. And then she did a face mask and put this blue light thing over me and let me lay there for a bit. And then she did this cold little cubes or like round little balls these over my face. I don't know what it was, but it felt wonderful. An hour long, in addition to the gua sha, she uses a lot more pressure than I'm used to because I told her, I'm like, my face is so puffy. She could see it. I told her exactly where my problem area was, which is kind of like my cheek, like on either side of my nose. It's just retaining so much fluid. If people have like sinus issues, this can help with that as well. So she did all of that for $30. It's normally $75, which I think is a fair price as well. But she's doing a special for first-time clients. She will do all of that for $30. If you're anywhere near Garden Grove, I definitely suggest it. Unless you're bougie and you need to be at the montage and you need the full spa experience, then you're going to be like, no, I don't want to go to a strip mall to get my facial. But If you're like me and you kind of like things like that, I would highly recommend her. It's called Perfect Skin. I did not get any of this for free. I'm just sharing this with you because I thought it was such a great deal and I really loved how my skin looks afterwards. The address is 14441 Brookhurst Street, Suite number 3, Garden Grove. And I'll give you the phone number because I don't see a website that I have in front of me. I'm sure there is one, but I don't have it. But you can text this number and you can just make your appointment via text, which I also love. So it is 657-263-5229. And just say you heard about it on Jamie Oliver podcast and you wanted to book the $30 gua sha facial. So I just brought up the montage as well. It's definitely a different spa experience. The montage was amazing. It was such a nice event. It was for Mother's Day, and it was kind of like this influencer event, and it was sponsored by a company called Pura, and they make scents. They use all-natural essential oils, and they've put these scents into air fresheners. They're kind of like wall plug-ins, and they gave these out at the event, too. Now, this isn't normally something I'd purchase for myself or even think about, Because a lot of times, you know, with all of those plug-in air fresheners, it's so dangerous. All of those scents are truly just chemicals you're putting into the air that you're breathing in. It's not healthy. As I said, this is natural. It's just essential oils that they use. They have a nice variety of scents. It's a round, neutral color. It's kind of like an off-white color, this round plug-in. And then inside, you choose two different scents that you can install. And then it runs on Bluetooth. So you can choose the color if you want it on as a nightlight. You can choose any color that you want the nightlight to be. And then you can choose from your phone which scent you want to be on at the moment, if you wanted to just let it go or if you wanted to put it on a timer. So for example, like in the morning, there's a coffee scented one. If you have it in your kitchen, you can have that going in the morning and then afternoon to nighttime, you can have another one and then you can have it shut off at night. So it's not running and wasting the oil as you're asleep. I love these things. I'm so glad I got them. And this event that they put on was fantastic. So they had yoga for us. It was outside at the montage, which is overlooking the ocean. I've never done yoga by the beach before. I have to tell you, it's like an amazing, tranquil experience. I absolutely loved it. Lala was next to me and I kept turning to her and I'm like, look at the ocean. It's right there. It's right there. Oh my God. Look at this view. After the yoga, we then went to our treatments, and they were giving us either a massage or a facial at the Montage Spa, and I opted for a massage. And I have to tell you, these massage beds were like nothing I have ever been on before. Not only were they heated, which I've had before, but when you're laying on your stomach, there's a part of the bed that she can press a button, and it kind of creates this ditch for your boobs. I have no other way to say this. I don't know what it's called, but the bed goes down and your boobs can lay in this like ditch so they're not pressed up against you. This is obviously for larger chested women. If you don't have this issue when you lay on your stomach, then they just keep the bed as is. But it was so amazing. And being in Orange County, I'm sure they encounter quite a few women that have that issue. The last time I was at the montage before this was years ago on a blind date. And we were at the Piano Bar, which is kind of like in the lobby. It overlooks the ocean. It's lovely. But this blind date. Oh, my goodness. So this woman, she's basically like the millionaire matchmaker of Orange County. Super exclusive and very expensive for people to join. But she also seeks out women for free to join. So she has matches for these other people who are very high-paying members. She found me on Instagram. And she was like, would you like to be set up with someone? And I was like, yeah, what the hell? I had just come off dating Andrew, Dr. Andrew. If you watched Vanderpump Pets, he was the doctor on that. I was kind of, you know, bummed about that ending because I actually really liked him. And I was like, "Okay, sure, set me up. Let's see how this goes. The way that her blind dates work is that you can't know anything about the person Until you meet them you can't even get a photo of them Which is like my biggest nightmare because I know just by looking at a person if i'm gonna like them or not and it has Nothing to do with just the looks. It's just this intuitive feeling that I get I will know if we are going to get along if i'm going to be attracted I don't know. It's just something i've always been able to do just by looking at a picture so this was like my biggest fear, but I was like, no, you know what? This could be good for me. Maybe this is what I need. Maybe I'm doing it all wrong, you know? So I go and I meet up with my blind date at the montage, and it's Jim Bolino. If you guys have watched the OG episodes of Real Housewives of Orange County, you may remember Alexis Bolino and her husband at the time, Jim. Tamara referred to her as Jesus Jugs. And I heard Alexis is coming back to the Real Housewives of Orange County. But since her last time on there, her and Jim have since gotten a divorce. There was also something in the news about him where Tamara and Shannon were talking about him at a live podcast somewhere. It may have even been with Heather McDonald. Don't quote me on that. But he got wind of them talking about him and he sued them each for a million dollars. I'm not sure what happened. I don't think it ever went to court. I think they settled or I'm not sure what the outcome of that was. So I was always hesitant to ever like mention this on a podcast that I went on a blind date with him, but I'm not saying anything bad, so I'm sure it's okay. I was just shocked that it was him because obviously I knew him from Real Housewives of Orange County and he had no idea that I had any sort of connections to cast on another bravo show i didn't bring it up we didn't discuss it at all i bet alexis Bellino jesus jugs enjoyed those massage tables too for her boobs i was going to be jesus jugs number two maybe he does have a type but needless to say there was no second date and i did not allow her to hook me up with anyone else again Getting back to the gua sha real quick, I did recommend it recently to Danny, who was a guest on this podcast last year. My friend Danny, he was telling me that he has plantar fasciitis, hope I'm pronouncing that right, and it's basically this heel pain, and it affects the fascia that runs along the bottom of your foot from your heel that connects your toes, and it results in extreme heel and foot pain and sometimes you can't even walk. So he's dealing with that right now. But my brother also had it at one point. And so I told Danny, I was like, you know, my brother had it and nothing was helping him. And then he went vegan and it cured it. And it makes sense because it's an inflammation. And then a lot of people become very inflamed when they eat dairy and red meat, especially dairy. Most people are actually allergic to it. You're not truly lactose intolerant. It's that you're not A cow. So it's not stuff we're meant to be eating. And most people are allergic to it. So it is very inflammatory. So I was sharing this information with Danny. And then he let me know that he gave up dairy a year ago, which I didn't even know because on the last episode that he was on, I called it toothless, not homeless, because he broke his tooth eating an ice cream sandwich. But he has since given up dairy. So yay. Congrats, Danny. So the next challenge I think for him is going to be the red meat. And I said, give it a try. See if it helps. I had reached out to him because I heard that the gua sha also helps with plantar fasciitis. So I said, you should try this too. Go to this girl. It's only $30. <laughs> so he may be trying her out. So I got an awesome DM today. I'm going to read it to you guys. It says, hi, Jamie. I started listening when the scandal of all of it all happened. I've always been hashtag team Sheena, but I was hooked with that episode. Since then, I've binged almost every episode. I also have ADHD, so you've become my dopamine pod. I am currently listening to your episode with Marissa Underwood. I've decided, after thinking about it for a while, to go fully vegan. I'd like to pick your brain a bit and get your thoughts on the best books to read, docs to watch, and favorite substitutes for butter and cream. I want to do this the right way, and there isn't any other person I trust for the correct info. Hope you have a great day. I loved reading this. This made me so happy. I love that it was from listening to Marissa Underwood's episode on here. She is the former Miss Montana and a vegan advocate, and she just invested in Sugar Taco number three. So I'm so happy to have her on board, and she is now one of my business partners, so I'm so happy about that. We had the Sugar Taco soft opening over the weekend. It went so well. Thank you to anyone who did show up special shout out to Charisse who brought bracelets for me and Ivy and Lexi from the pump rules page. Thank you for coming by. Thank you to everyone who came by. The line was out the door. It was fantastic. We were tentatively planning to do the soft opening for the plant butchers this coming weekend. I'm not sure if that's still happening or if it's going to be pushed to the following one, but I will keep you guys posted on that. But as far as this listener going vegan and asking for some recommendations, I figured it might help others as well. So I'm going to share with you what I shared with her. As far as the documentaries that I recommend to any new vegans or vegan curious people, one is The Game Changers. It's on Netflix. This is really good, especially for men, like if you have boyfriends or husbands that you're trying to kind of convert along with you because it takes an athletic performance approach it has like the world's strongest man it has olympians it was produced by arnold schwarzenegger among other people who were involved but it's very athletically driven they show some football players from the Tennessee Titans. A good portion of that team became vegan when one of the players became vegan and his wife started a food service and she was started feeding them all vegan food. And I don't know much about football, but I do know that for a long time that team wasn't doing well. And then the year that they all started converting to becoming vegan, they started performing way better. So that's in the Game Changers. A really, really cool part of that is that I believe it was they took three Miami Dolphins players. And they sat them down and they had them each eat a different kind of burrito. I'm doing this from memory, so I'm not 100% sure if, if this is correct, but I believe one was chicken, one was beef, and one was a vegan burrito with beans. They had them eat and they took their blood right after they ate. And you could literally see the fat in the blood from the two meat ones. And it was not in the one who ate the beans That affects your performance the entire day because your body has to work so much harder to process that. So that was such an eye-opening part of that documentary. I think it's an amazing one. And they don't show any slaughterhouse footage, so it's a really easy, like, first documentary to watch. Some other ones kind of, like, older, but they're still great. Forks Over Knives, What the Health, and Cowspiracy, those all should be on Netflix. The people who made Cowspiracy made a newer one called Seaspiracy. It's fantastic. And it shows what is happening with all of the overfishing that we're doing, how we are destroying our oceans. That's going to destroy our entire planet. If we keep fishing at the rate that we're going, our oceans will be fishless by 2048. That's not too far off. What happens after fishless oceans is basically total destruction to our planet. And I don't think enough people are talking about that with it coming up so soon, just like a little over 20 years from now. If you have kids, are we not thinking about what kind of planet we're going to have for them or not have for them? It's so important. It's probably the most important topic that needs to be discussed, and I'm not sure it's being discussed enough. So Seaspiracy is great. Another one along those lines is called Eating to Extinction, This one you do have to pay for, as far as I know. I had to rent it on Amazon Prime. Instead of renting it, I just paid to buy it so I can watch it over and over again. If any of you are interested in seeing it, I'm so happy to do like a viewing party with that and show it to you all. I think it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen And it just shows what we're doing to the planet with with the way that our food system is working right now, which is it's not working. It's not sustainable. The opening scene is really quite moving because it shows actually what's going on right now in the Amazon rainforests and the trees being cut down and all of these animals losing their homes and our earth essentially losing its lungs. And it's being cut down to make way for raising animals for livestock and to plant soy to feed these animals. So eating to extinction, highly recommend it. It's worth whatever it costs to rent or to buy it. And then the last one that I recommended was Dominion. This is free. It's on YouTube. This is a hard watch. I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. This shows exactly what we do to get our cows, pigs, eggs, chicken, anything that you eat, how it gets to your plate. I think you should know. And if you choose to keep eating it, that's fine. But if you can't watch how your food is made, maybe that's a sign you shouldn't be eating it. Prepare yourself. It's tough. Maybe you won't get through the whole thing or maybe you need to watch it in parts like I did. I couldn't do it in one sitting. But I think everyone should watch it at least once. This takes place in factory farms in Australia. But I have to say, it's the same practices that go on in the world. This is exactly how the factory farm system works. And everyone should know. So it's free. It's there. It's on YouTube. But it's heartbreaking. However, after knowing and after seeing what actually happens to these animals, there is nothing anyone can say to me, whether it be dietary or God put them here for us or whatever excuse. What about lions? They do it. Like, there's no excuse someone can throw at me. That would make me be like, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Just knowing what we do to these poor, innocent, docile, trusting creatures, no one will ever sway me to not be vegan. And it just solidifies why I do what I do. So for anyone interested in this lifestyle, I definitely say work your way up to being able to watch Dominion. And then some other information that I gave this listener, which I would love to share with you, is that when you are Going vegan or starting to eat more vegan, there's a couple of supplements that I do recommend. First one is B12. You want to get a vegan B12. You can search on Amazon. There's plenty of them. You can do like a chewable tablet. They're cherry flavored. A lot of them, they actually taste really good. Or you can do a liquid that you just kind of put under your tongue. The reason why we need B12 is because it comes from the dirt, actually. And because nowadays we wash our produce so well, we're washing all of that B12 off of it. The reason why you can get it from eating animals is because the animals eat those items that still have the dirt on it that have the b12 in it so they're ingesting it then we're getting it from eating them which is a very dirty way to get it so i say if you're vegan just supplement it it's very easy and then another one is vegan omega-3 oil so a lot of people get their omegas from eating fish but fish get it because they eat Algae. It's truly in the algae. It's not something that fish produce. So, again, go to the clean source instead of a middleman and just get it from the algae. So, I get this liquid omega 3 oil. It's by a brand called Nature's Way. It's on Amazon. Since I've been recommending it, the price has since doubled. I'm not sure if I had any effect on that whatsoever. I hope not. But I do want to share with you that that's what I use. I either get lemon flavored or citrus flavored and I just put some in water every day, and it flavors my water, and that's how I get my omega-3s. It helps your metabolism. It helps with brain fog. gives you strong hair, skin, nails. helps your heart health. You can also get omega-3s in walnuts, flax seeds, and chia seeds, but I always take the omega-3 oil. And then the last thing that I recommend is a plant-based protein powder. I like to have a protein shake every day, But if I am traveling or I skip it, I at least try to get it in three times a week. There's many different brands. A lot of them are great. And I just say trial and error. (laughs) Try them all out and see what you like. You can make it with almond milk, oat milk, and then you can just add whatever you want to it. I will add sometimes peanut butter and banana. Other times I'll do frozen berries. So you can even throw in like baby spinach in there. You won't even taste it. And then she asked me for book recommendations. I had Dr. Garth Davis on this podcast. I recommend listening to his episode. He wrote a book called Proteinaholic, which kind of dispels all of these myths, especially that men have about getting enough protein and how you need to get it from animals. And he went through many, many studies before he wrote this book. It's really informative. In addition, one of my favorite vegan activists, Earthling Ed on Instagram, his real name is Ed Winters, He wrote a book called This is Vegan Propaganda. Highly recommend that. You can even get it for 99 cents in the audio version on Amazon. And he went on Jay Shetty's podcast called On Purpose, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Jay Shetty is also a vegan and the two of them just talked about all of the arguments against being vegan and they dispelled every single one one by one. It's a fantastic listen. One of my favorite podcast episodes ever. You can just search Ed Winters, Jay Shetty, and it should come up in your podcast search. So now that the month of May is over, I am going to figure out all of the donations that came in through my Patreon And we're going to send that out to the listener whose family home burned down, as well as Little Bear Animal Sanctuary. I'm going to split it up between the two, and we're going to get that out. Thank you all so much for donating and for your support on the Patreon. And a big thank you to those of you who did not just donate and then cancel just to see the Saddle Ranch video. Quite a few of you have decided to stay on as patrons So I've been having a lot of fun over there and getting to know you and talking to you and giving you extra information and details that I can't put on the podcast and screenshots and all of that. So if you're on there, you know what's happening on the Patreon and it's a fun time. So thank you all for being on there with me. And If you are not on and you would like to join, it's patreon.com slash jamieallover. I'm doing all of the podcast episodes on there, obviously ad-free, but then also extended versions of them. So for example, when I get into the embarrassing stories, there's one that I'm not quite sure I can put out to the general public. I think I'm going to save that one for the Patreon on an extended episode. And then I'm also going back into older episodes, things that I've cut out because they were just too juicy or too much to put out in the general public. I will release that all as bonus episodes on the Patreon. So feel free to come on over. We're also trying to figure out some meetups over there and ways that we can get everyone to get together. And, you know, making adult friends for a lot of people is hard. And this is a community of people who are all like-minded and everyone is amazing. So one of my favorite things to do is see people actually become friends through the podcast community. So I absolutely love that. So again, thank you all who have joined the Patreon. Finally, we've got some merch for Jamie all over. I got the mugs out. So excited about these mugs. There's a cute little bat on it and he's hanging upside down and he says, hang in there. And then on the other side is just the podcast logo. This mug, I went through extreme lengths to get you my favorite mug because as you know, I was so sad to lose my rainforest mug It was my favorite. It was huge. It was glossy. I had the cute little frog on it, the practical Joker frog. I absolutely loved that mug. It was so big that it was really good for like soups as well. But the only downside to it is that it was so oversized that the brim, is it brim or rim? Whatever it is, the brim, you know what I'm talking about. It was so wide that everything that was in there would get cold a lot faster. So I have found this mug And it ticks off all my mug boxes. I'm so particular about this. You'd be like, oh, who cares? It's just a mug. But I have coffee every single morning. So it's very important to me. First and foremost, the handle can hold all four of my fingers. Obviously, your thumb sticks out. But the four fingers fit very comfortably within this handle. I have other mugs where I can only fit like three fingers in. And it makes the whole thing shaky. And it's like, who wants to be spilling coffee everywhere? So one, the handle is perfect. Second, it's super glossy. It will always look brand new. I just love a glossy feel. I don't like those mugs that are kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, but almost like a chalky feeling. If they're not glossy, I do not like it. And then third, it is oversized. It's 15 ounces. Typical mugs are 11 ounces. So it's the perfect size for adding your creamer, in my case, my silk French vanilla creamer to my coffee. And it holds just the right amount that I only need one cup. I don't have to go refill it. And that's my coffee for the day. I absolutely love it. Hopefully with that little bat on there, it will brighten your day. It'll give you that little extra inspiration that you need to hang in there for the rest of the day. And if you'd like to purchase it, it's in my bio in the link. Go grab it. I think it's only $14. Tag me in your pictures if you get it. I will repost and I would love to be able to thank you. And then upcoming... Thank you all for your input for the hoodie that we have coming up. I know everybody does hoodies for merch. And that's why I wanted to do the coffee mug first. I'm like, as much as I love hoodies, and I definitely want one for the podcast, I don't want to do that first. So that's why I put the mug out first. But next up, we do have a hoodie and we have sweatpants. So I would say expect that in about a week. I will post when it's ready for orders. It's such a cute hoodie. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with the combination of pink and red. I'm not like a huge fan of like red in general, but when it's like red font on light pink, there's something about that combination I just absolutely love. So the first one we're doing is a light pink hoodie with a red font. It's amazing. And of course, I had to do something emo for the first one. So there's a song by My Chemical Romance called Thank You for the Venom. What I did was it was kind of a play on, you know, all those shopping bags that just say thank you a million times over and over again. It's like the white bags with the red thank you, thank you, thank you on it. So it's that font. It's thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know, maybe like six or seven times. And then below that, it says for the Venom. And then on the back, it has the Jamie All Over logo. So if you're an emo fan, if you're an MCR fan, or even if you don't know anything about it and you're just happy that someone fucked you over, Or made you stronger in some way. Thank you for the venom, asshole. Now I'm stronger. So that's what that hoodie represents to me and to Jamie all over. And I can't wait for you to have it. So, speaking of Patreon and merch, I did get a listener question for this episode. And she wanted to know how do podcasters and influencers make a living? So, I know that Rob from Vanderpump Robs and I discussed this a bit on the How to Start a Podcast episode. As far as how to monetize a podcast. But I saved the majority of that monetization talk for how to start a podcast. Episode two, which is already recorded with Elsie Escobar, that is upcoming. I kind of wanted to not put it out right away after how to start a podcast. Number one, I wanted to have some different content in between because I know not everyone wants to start a podcast. So I didn't want to have two in a row on the same topic. So that's upcoming. More on that in a couple weeks on how to really monetize it and strategies for everything, naming it, when to release it, all of the things, downloads, how to get on the charts. It's a great informative episode if you are interested in starting a podcast. But maybe you're just interested in like you're curious, like, well, how do you guys actually make a living off of this? So there are several ways podcasts can monetize. One most obvious is through advertising. This is a decision that every podcaster has to make, which is how many ads do I want to put in the episode that supports the podcast, but also does not annoy the listeners. For me, I'm in a very different situation than many of my counterparts are because I have a long list of what I will not advertise for. If it's not vegan, if it's not cruelty-free, It's not coming on here. I will not advertise for it. As you may know, McDonald's accidentally had a pre-recorded ad plugged into my podcast and I heard it and I was like, I have fast food on the do not advertise list. There is no way this should have been on my podcast. And we pulled it. I will never take money from any company that I don't believe in. So there's that aspect. And then there's the aspect of like, I truly have to try it out. I have to use it and I have to think that it's useful. Because I'm not here to just sell people shit. That's not my job. Not a salesperson to you. I'm not going to just sell you any random thing for the paycheck. So unless I use it myself and love it, I'm not taking money from that company. If given the choice, I wouldn't have any ads on here whatsoever. I did just start this as a hobby. I did not start it with the idea to monetize it. And I never thought I would. I thought at least for the first year, I'm not making any money off of this. So when people ask me like, How do I make money on a podcast? How do I start it? The first thing I say is, well, don't start a podcast if your only goal is to make money. Don't do it. You do it just because you enjoy it. Typically, the advertisers will pay in a variety of ways, but the most popular ways that they pay is based on downloads. So there's something called CPM, cost per mil. It stands for cost per thousand. And so for every thousand downloads, you get average, say, $25. That's kind of the average CPM right now is 25. It can be way more. It could be less. So let's say podcast has 10,000 downloads and their CPM is $25. They would make $250 per ad for that episode. So $250, let's say they have four ads. They're making $1,000 an episode for 10,000 downloads. So ads is one way to make money on podcasts, but you may not want to throw in a ton of ads because it definitely brings down the listener experience. And there's other ways that you can make money as well through a podcast. One is obviously through Patreon. And anyone who supports that is just probably a listener who understands the value that they get from listening to the podcast and they want to support you in some way. Another way is obviously through merch. And then as far as how do influencers make money, if you are a podcaster and an influencer, you can kind of combine the two. So let's say I'm advertising for a specific product. I can also then put that on my Instagram as well. You can kind of negotiate your terms uh, using that as leverage. If you're simply just an influencer without a podcast, the way that influencers make money is, yeah, it's through brand deals, which I'm sure you realize And it typically goes based on how many followers you have. But then there's other stats as well, which is like male versus female demographics. Obviously, they pay more if you have more of a female base because those are the shoppers. And oftentimes, what's called micro influencers, which is people with 50,000 or less followers, can make a really good living as well. You don't need millions of followers because studies have shown that those with a smaller count actually are more connected to their followers and their followers trust them more and are more likely to want a product that they suggest as opposed to someone with millions of followers. Don't think you just you need millions of followers to make money as an influencer. I don't consider myself an influencer. I've never wanted to be as I kind of touched on that before. I don't want to sell products to people. I want to share information. If I find something that I love, I want you to be able to love it too. If I can get you a code for that, awesome. But I don't want to make it my career or my job to just pitch things to you constantly. And I think the people who do that, you're kind of like rolling your eyes at them anyway. You're like, oh God, another thing that this person's slinging. Like what else? Oh, and this is this product so amazing too. Oh, another amazing product. It's like people see through that shit. And I don't want to contribute to that. That's not my brand. That's not what I do. All the power to them. I think it's an awesome job to be an influencer. Like, how nice would it be to, like, that's all you have to do all day? Amazing. I guess I kind of like to make things hard for myself and start actual businesses. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm a really bad influencer because I think because of the ADHD. You know, there will be things that I have gotten for free and in exchange for a post or whatever. And it's like, it takes me forever to make the post. And then I'm like, hey, can I just pay you for this so I don't have to make the post? So I know myself and I know I wouldn't be good at it. So I just I'm not an influencer. Speaking of all of my jobs, though, I've had so many different jobs throughout my lifetime. And I posted something recently about how people with ADHD tend to do a lot of career jumping and they try many different things and they kind of get good or decent at a lot of different things. I was just kind of thinking back to all the different jobs that I've had and I put it in that story. You know, I listed things like my first job, which was working in a bakery and then a pizzeria. And then I worked at an answering service. We worked for a lot of doctors as like their after hours call center. So I would handle a lot of emergencies. And you have to kind of stay calm when you're dealing with situations like that. Another job I had was a veterinary technician. Because I thought I wanted to go to veterinary school. I thought I was going to be a vet. And I was like, well, let me become a technician first just so I can see what it's all about and test the waters. And I learned very quickly that I did not want to go to veterinary school and I did not want to become a vet because I love animals so much. And seeing them at their worst and in pain or at the end of their life on a daily basis, as much as I wanted to help animals, I didn't think that was the best career for me I would have to hold these animals as they were being euthanized and I was often the last person to comfort them before they died a lot of times the owners didn't want to be in the room when that happened which I find so hard to believe like if anytime I've had to euthanize a pet I wanted to be there to like be the last person that they see but I guess that's too hard for some people they don't want to be there so I would be the person holding their pets as they died And as heartbreaking as that was, then the next step was really kind of what pushed me over the top with it being so difficult. I would have to put these animals who had been euthanized into plastic bags and bring them to the back room and put them in our freezer because the overnight crew would come and then bring them to be cremated. And placing these animals in the bag and then in the freezer was just way too much for me to handle. I was still a teenager at the time. And Every single time I would go to the bathroom and cry, it's definitely something I recommend if someone plans to go to school for medicine or law or something that's going to take an extended amount of time, maybe work in that field prior and just make sure it's for you. So one of the jobs that I listed in that story was that I was a model for Playboy. And a lot of people were like, wait, I don't know you did that. Tell us about that. So it's not the typical Playboy path that most people have taken, such as my business partner, Jade, who is Playmate of the Year. But when I was recruited for it, I told them I did not want to be in the magazine and I didn't want to do any nudes. They were able to find ways to still work with me. And so they would have me as a guest on their morning show, which was so random. Like it would be me, but then whatever celebrity guest was in for the day as well. So like there was people like Weird Al, Key and, and then And I remember the cast of this TBS show that was on at the time called Sullivan and Son. And it was a group of comedians. When Weird Al was on, I did a trivia game against Weird Al. It was me against him. And of course he won because it was rigged. All of the trivia was about his parody songs, which obviously I knew the, you know, the hits, I'm Fat and what else? The other one he did about Michael Jackson, Eat It. <laughs> But I did not know his whole catalog of parodies. And that's what the trivia game was about. So I definitely lost to Weird Al. I loved meeting him. My nerd dreams came true that day. But it was just so bizarre that I was like guests alongside these actual celebrities when I was working with Playboy. And then when the cast of Sullivan and Son came on, ended up becoming friends with them. Comedians like Steve Byrne, Ahmed Ahmed. Ahmed and I started dating for a little bit. And I ended up going on tour with them. They did like this comedy tour. It was just so random. Ahmed and I are still friends. In fact, I saw him pop up on Hinge a couple weeks ago and we matched on there. Like we still talk on text regardless. So we didn't need to match on Hinge to talk. We were like setting up a day to meet up for drinks, which I completely forgot about until I'm just saying it right now. So I should probably text him back. But the way that I got into Playboy, I did say that I would share the story, but it's a little dark because it's not like I went out and I tried to work for Playboy. The way that it happened, again, something very bizarre, but I was with Ivy's dad at the time. I'm not sure if he was my fiance or just my boyfriend because we gotten back together and broken up so many times within our toxic relationship. So I'm not sure where we were at this point. This was towards the very end, though. I do remember that. I guess we were engaged because I recall breaking up with him months later and saying like I can't marry you. So yeah, we were living in Pasadena at the time, and I recall going. This was before Ivy. I recall going to Home Goods with him. Little backstory, but I had been pretty much financially supporting us the entire time we were together. He is a former Marine. He's rated 100% disabled with PTSD. He did receive. Money from the government still does, but he was, like, unemployable, according to them. And coming out of a relationship before him where I paid for nothing, my boyfriend was very well off, yet I had no feelings for him. With this one, I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if someone has money or not. Like, all I care about is how I feel about them. And if I have it, then I'll pay for it. It's fine. I've since learned that nothing that I did in that relationship was the way to go. We're going to get deep into that whole situation, the court when I had to represent myself after firing my lawyer, everything. I'm going to do an episode on Patreon about all of that, but about the Playboy thing. As you know, I've mentioned before, it was a very toxic and abusive relationship. We were on our way to HomeGoods, we're in the car, and I recall saying something about comparing him to my ex who I just mentioned that was financially well off. And I was like, you know, Rob would never let me pay for anything. I think I was getting to the point where I was kind of waking up. Aside from the whole toxicity and abuse of it, I was also waking up to the fact that I was paying for everything. And like, perhaps it should not be that way. And I was feeling very taken advantage of. And I was bringing this up to him, probably not in the best way, because I guess you should never compare someone to an ex. But I did say, you know, in my previous relationship, I never paid for anything. So this is all new to me. And Rob would never let me pay for anything. And he goes, oh, you want to compare me to an ex? Okay, I'll compare you to my ex, who was a Playboy model. And she was so much hotter than you. And she was this. And she was that. And so then he proceeded to degrade every single physical feature on my body, down to my eyebrows. He didn't even like my eyebrows. On top of that, I remember a really, really awful thing that he did. You know, I'm sitting and I'm driving. And he reaches over to, like, my waist. And he pinches some fat on the side of my waist. And he's like, look at this. You should be ashamed of yourself. I will never forget how I felt in that moment. I'll never feel that way again. I will never let a man talk to me that way again. I would never even enter a relationship with someone who could say something like that to me. But at the time, just being with a person like that, I was a shell of myself. That kind of just destroyed me when he'd said all of these things to me. I remember we got to the parking garage in the Glendale Home Goods, parked the car. I couldn't even move. I couldn't do anything. I got into the back seat and I was just like in this fetal position, hyperventilating and crying. Several days later, I'm in Pasadena going into one of my accounts because I was doing real estate at the time, but my side hustle, I was doing tequila sales. I was going into a bar that I was selling my tequila in. At the bar, there was a casting agent for Playboy and he gives me his business card. He was like, we're doing a casting in Orange County in a couple days at the Westin in Costa Mesa. I remember it because I pass by it often now that I live down here. And he was like, I'd like you to come. I think you'd be perfect. It had never crossed my mind before to try to try out or audition to be a Playboy model. Like It was just not something I wanted to do. But the fact that my ex compared me to his ex, that was a Playboy model and said, I should be ashamed of myself because I'm not in that category of women, I guess. It was kind of like divine timing. And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to show him. And so I did go to the casting. Like I said, I did mention I'm probably the only one in history to say like, hey, I don't want to be in the magazine. I don't want to do nudes, but I still want to work for Playboy. (laughs) But it was funny because in addition to the morning show stuff that I did, I also got to represent the brand. So I would go to all these events and stuff and Parties, the mansion, and everything like that. It was just cool to be a little part of that Playboy history, but in a way that made me comfortable. I did not even get into the secondary topic of this podcast, which is my embarrassing stories. I had like a few come to mind, and one happened recently. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I need to share these. I feel like this episode is now too long to even get into that. This is what I'm going to do I will do my embarrassing stories as a bonus episode. And then as far as my outro is concerned, someone did write in and mention that they wanted to hear 70 Times 7 by Brand New. I love that song. I love that band. Unfortunately, the lead singer, Jesse Lacey, got canceled a couple years ago, which then canceled the entire band, which was so sad because they're all such talented musicians. For those of you who don't know what happened with that, my goodness, it, it was such a shame. But Apparently, he was asking someone who was underage to send him photos. And again, it's a shame because their music was so good. But I am torn on if I can play it or not. I played this particular song, 70 Times 7, when I DJed Emo Night in 2017, I believe it was. Yeah, it was before they got canceled. And the crowd went nuts. I have a little history with Brand New. You know, they're from Long Island. Jesse's best friend was John Nolan, who was in Taking Back Sunday. But John was also in a band called Straylight Run with my best friend, Will Noon, who's a drummer in that band. And then he went on to be a drummer in Fun. And now, by the way, side note, he is playing with a friend's band this Thursday at the Moroccan Lounge in downtown. I'm going to go see them. The friend's band name is ridiculous. It's called Bloody Bananas. And I was telling Will, I was like, either that's the best name or the worst name for a band because it's so awful. That one, you'll remember it, but two, like just even the thought of it is so disgusting. Like it's kind of repulsive. So I don't know. It's either genius or terrible. I'm not sure which, but I'm going to see Bloody Bananas this Thursday and seeing my best friend Will play drums for this band. If you'd like to come see one of the best drummers of all time, if you go listen to anything from Straylight Run, you could hear it. He's so good. Anyway, getting back to this whole Long Island emo band connection. <laughs> so I went to a ton of Straylight Run shows, got to know all of them and John and stuff. And then John and Jesse got in a big fight. And that's what led to this song, 70 Times Seven. It's about John Nolan. And then Taking Back Sunday also did like songs about brand new. One of them is There's No I in Team. You know, and they say you're about as subtle as a brick in the small of my back. That's talking about ex-friends. It's really this whole dramatic emo band fight situation that happened. I later then became friends with this guy Mo. He did the front of house which is like you kind of control the soundboard and the lights and stuff but he did it for Straylight light run i became friends with him and then he then later on went and did it with brand new so when i was visiting him once it was when brand new was making the album called the devil and god are raging inside probably one of the best albums in the entire emo community so good every song is amazing I was there with them when they were making that album, which is crazy to even think of. They were doing it in a basement in Long Island. Anyway, I love Brand New. I'm so sad that the whole cancel situation happened. So the question is, do I play a brand new song or will you all hate me and be like, that's terrible. You can't play someone who's canceled. Maybe I'll play Taking Back Sunday song. We'll see. I'll make the decision. Enjoy the outro song. It'll be in the show notes, whatever it is. I love you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank mm-hmm. you. Tell me what you got away with Cause I see more spine and jellyfish I see more guts and 11 year old kids Have another drink and drive yourself home I hope there's ice on all the roads And you can think of me when you forget your seatbelt And again when your head goes through the windshield Is that what you call tax? You're as subtle as a brick and the small on my back So let's end this call and end this conversation is that what you call a getaway? Well, tell me what you got away with Cause you left the phrase from the ties you said, When you say best friends miss friends forever Is that what you call a getaway? Well, tell me what you got away with